Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. The following is a Joy Road Media production. Check out the other great podcasts on the Joy Road Media Network. The Truthcast, an improvised comedy soap opera set in the world of conspiracy theories. Could you please explain what exactly a Cthulhu is? Cthulhu is uh, one of the ancient elder gods, but the elder gods is not what I'm here to talk about today. Okay, yes, uh, thank you. Thank you for the description, of course, for our audience, and not for anyone participating in the show itself. Why, why did you just write down what he said then? These are just my show notes. You misspelled Eldritch. You made me watch a lighthearted discussion about films. You made me watch The Road. It's a father and son road comedy. I so it, it is practically a remake of National Lampoon's I'm going to actually murder you. I'm actually, you're going to die. And Great Lakes Confidential, a road trip to the folklore of Michigan. There was a writer for the Toronto Sun who seems to believe that shoe trees are actually some form of fertility ritual. What do shoes have to do with sex at all? I mean, aside from shoe size being... Yeah, right, no, no, no. We're not going down that road today. Fantastic, because I'm only a nine and a half. You can find all the great Joy Road Media Productions where you found this one. Now enjoy the show. You made me watch. Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something that is Welcome back to another episode of You Made Me Watch. As always, I am Mike here with my lovely wife, Allison. Hey, Allison. How Hello. are you? Oh, lovely as always. That was a really fun October, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. We watched so many horror movies and we decided to break away from the norm and watch them with friends. We did, which was <laughs> Very delightful. I don't think we had any really horrible experiences. Mm, are you forgetting Joyride? Joyride was fun. <laughs> it was stupid. Yeah. It was the worst of all of them. Over Lost Boys for you? At least Lost Boys had those scary ass vampire feet. And also in October, we launched Joy Road Media with our friend Angie from yeah. Great Lakes Confidential. And she launched her podcast, which was very exciting. We had her and Marty on to talk about One Cut of the Dead, which they were so terribly wrong they about. Were not, they were very wrong about it. Yes. I love them both, but so wrong. So wrong. Yes. So this week, you made me watch Dick Tracy. I did. Now, I loved this movie as a kid to the point that we purchased the soundtrack and my parents had their stereo set up so that speakers would play into the basement. Mm -hmm. And then my brother and I would play Dick Tracy where so I was Kevin, breathless Yeah, I was going to say Kevin was Dick Tracy and you were... 
breathless Mahoney. Who's trying to get in Dick Tracy's pants the, the whole entire movie. movie. We just, we were young. We did not pay attention to that part. It was very Luke and Leia of you two. Was, <laughs> ew. But I also was wearing one of my grandma's old 90s and either winter gloves or soccer socks so that I had nice long dinner gloves. I wish there was a picture of that because I bet you were adorable. Oh, I bet you were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny because this came out in 1990 and Mm -hmm. all I knew about it was my senior year of high school. I was eight. Right. And... (laughs) All I knew about it was that there were a lot of toys based on it, so I assumed it was a kid's movie, which I don't think it is. It was definitely marketed for children. Marketed for children, But it is an adult movie. Very much so. I am surprised that there's bright colors. Like, Mm -hmm. I kind of get why you guys would like it. Like, you were, what, like seven, eight? I was eight. And Kevin- my brother was six. Yeah, so- There's no blood in it. So, like, even though there's a lot of, like, gun violence. There's, like, 27 deaths in it. Oh, yeah. Like, people die in, like, every other scene. But there's no, like, blood, really. And everyone is made up very, like, I mean, it's it's based off a comic book. Well, Every, it's based off of a comic strip. Comic strip, sorry. So, it's based off of a comic. And they really made everyone up to look very cartoonish. Mm-hmm. So I can see why it was marketed towards children a little. I mean, it was only rated PG at the time. I feel yeah. like it would be a PG-13 these days. Yeah, which is weird because the PG-13 rating had been out already. Yeah, it had been point. out, but it... <laughs> no, well, this was PG. I prefer to not tell you what I think of the movies until we start to record. What do you think I thought of this? I think you were pleasantly surprised. I was. I avoided this movie you didn't like watch it. a plague. Mm-hmm. And I like Warren Beatty and Heaven Can Wait, but um, that's pretty much it. I, I don't mm-hmm. get Warren Beatty. I just heard someone describe Pete Davidson as <laughs> having that Warren Beatty big dick energy. Yeah. Like Warren Beatty, 21 years older than Madonna, was dating her. Dating her. And they dated for like over a year. Yeah. Her biggest quote about him was, he was an amazing lover, which means yes. that he was really good in bed. Yeah. It, like I said, big dick energy. Yeah. And big dick energy. But he was like a playboy. But he's a completely different type than Pete Davidson. Like, yeah, he's like a as, traditionally like... Right. Pete Davidson's currently dating Kim Kardashian. Or he's, just hooking no, up yeah, with I mean, her. You, you dating know. is... Yeah. Whatever. More power to him. I bet they'll be <laughs> together for like shy of a year, but I bet they'll be around for a while because apparently Pete Davidson has a great big hog, <laughs> but... He's yeah, like I mean, so crazy that even though he's like a terrific lay, apparently mm-hmm. people just get tired and go like, well, I, he has I just BPD, yeah. and you know that's it's that's difficult. Yeah, um, it's hard, and he str- he talks about his own struggles, you yeah. know. But this is what I don't get about Warren Beatty: how he has that big dick energy. And I always assumed that Warren Beatty had like a huge list of credits. He really hasn't done that much. And most of the stuff that he's done is a bunch of flops. Like this is the movie that he did after Ishtar, which is a notorious flop. That's a notorious flop. Yeah. This is the movie he did after Ishtar. But he also directed this. 
Oh, yeah. This was a passion project. This and- was a huge passion project of, of his. It was nominated for nine Oscars. I'm going to go as far as to say deservingly. Exactly. Al Pacino, who played... Um, Big Boy Caprice. Big Boy Caprice was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Best Cinematography it was nominated for. Best Costume Design it was nominated for. And also Best Sound. But it won Best Art Direction, Best Makeup, and Best Music for the original song, Sooner or Later, I Always Get My Man, which was written by Stephen Sondheim. This is why I think the movie works. You have all these guys born in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s mm-hmm. who grew up with Dick Tracy. Like, yes. Dick Tracy was huge. huge. Yeah, it was a big deal. Like Dick Tracy, was- like, Dick Tracy at the time of, like, Al Capone and shit like mm-hmm. that was doing comic strips where Dick Tracy was knocking off like gangsters that were yep. based at like Le- it's legit. the ballsiest comic strip ever like any of these mob mm-hmm. guys could have put a hit out on the chester gould the creator yeah, the creator and it lasted for so many years and mm-hmm. newspapers were like you know a lot of people would complain because it was ultra violent and then it got to the point where it was so popular that it ended up running on like a half a page mm-hmm. of a newspaper and stuff. Which like- is, is, it's rare. Like the only other comic strip that I'm aware of that got half a page was Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. That's how big Dick Tracy was. So like basically Dick Tracy is to Warren Beatty and Al Pacino as Star Wars is to me. Yeah. But that's not even a fair it's not even comparison a fair because comparison. it is. Yeah, I mean, there legendary. have been other Dick Tracy movies, but this is like the first Dick Tracy blockbuster, and this came out nine years before Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And the fact that so much of this is on artificial sets, yes, and stuff like that, it makes me realize like- this is the technical achievement. Mm-hmm. There are actors acting their asses off in full prosthetics. Mm-hmm. These people are made up very heavily. And yeah. this is in the 90s. I mean, even though they look like living cartoons, the fact that it still worked in in a live action way, it is astonishing how good the makeup is in this. Yeah, the makeup's so good that it not only covers pretty much their entire all the face, villains, their yeah, heads, their entire, yeah, but you can still get the essence, essence of the actor. Yeah, you can still get the essence of the actor. You can see even micro expressions. And literally like every single actor in this movie is it's and this is I think why I liked it so much. It's like a who's who list of character actors. Uh-huh. The uh main muscle is William Forsythe, mm-hmm. who I've actually liked him since the nineteen eighties episode of Chips. That's amazing. That they were doing a thing about the punk scene in LA. Mm-hmm. So a really young William Forsyth was playing a punk rocker with a mohawk. That's hilarious. Even before I knew what punk rock was, I was just like, that guy's really cool. And somehow I remembered William Forsyth since I was like 10 years old. And everything he's done, I've always been like, oh yeah, it's William Forsyth from Chips. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. His um, entire hat, like he has a, f- the thing about his character is that the top of his head is flat. Yeah. He has kind of like a U shaped head or it looks like a heel, you know? Yeah. He's in so many prosthetics and still just crushing it. The supporting cast, Seymour Cassell. Mm-hmm. From your favorite 
Royal Tenenbaums. Yes. James Keene, Charles Durning, John Shuck, who John Shuck plays one of the reporters. Mm -hmm. He was in the Altman MASH movie, and they wanted him to be on the TV series as well, but the whole gag in the movie is just that he has a big cock and uh, he's like, yeah, but I, I don't see what you're going to do with my character. The one joke is that I have a big cock mm-hmm. and uh, he most recently was playing Daddy Warbucks on Broadway. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he's famous because I believe he's the first person to say fuck on screen in a major motion picture. Oh, wow. Charles Fleischer, the voice of Roger Rabbit, is mm-hmm. another one of the reporters. Mandy Patinkin, Paul Mandy Sorvino. Mandy Patinkin is 88 Keys. Yeah. Ed O'Ross is itchy. James Tolkien from the Back to the Future movies. Mm-hmm. This is a funny thing. Mumbles is played by Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, yeah. Gilbert Gottfried always tells the story of he went in for a meeting and the writers of Dick Tracy were like, we want you to play Mumbles. You're the only person we imagined mm-hmm. before this role like this is totally your role we're writing it for you yeah you are mumbles and gilbert was so excited he's like i'm gonna be in a warm baby movie this is pretty cool and everything and then he gets a call and he's like uh yeah they decided to go a different direction and he's like well who did they get and they're like dustin Dustin hoffman Hoffman. (laughs) so gilbert famously always says uh the only way gilbert gottfried and dustin hoffman should ever be in the same sentence is if someone says i've seen gilbert gottfried act and he's no dustin hoffman (laughs) (laughs) that's funny uh dick van dyke is the um he's the the da the the da i don't think this was necessarily even a cameo but maybe it was from theater work no the who i'm gonna say now um cole meany from star trek next generation just plays a a cop who maybe has one line mm-hmm. and uh Catherine O'Hara is in this Catherine O'Hara is in this and you barely even see her yeah she's at the big table where they have all the meeting with all the the gangsters in town and you barely see her like I don't even think you hear her talk Henry Silva plays one of the henchmen mm-hmm. and he was in the Buck Rogers movie mm-hmm. and it has such a distinct face that his makeup job in this just kind of amplifies his face. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those character actors that I really enjoy seeing a lot. Yeah. Um, he's still alive. Wow. And he was born in 1928. Damn. Good for him. Yep. He um, still jogs. And uh, yeah. He, wow. James Khan like, is in this. As Spaldoni, he's one of the mobsters. Yes, and this is uh, like a reuniting of Pacino and James Caan mm-hmm. since uh, Godfather. Yeah, they're, Spaldoni is the one who's like, I don't know about all this, and he gets blown up, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's the one who gets blown up in the car. Blown up in the car. Frickin' Paul Sorvino is lips manless. Mm-hmm. And the prosthetic that they have on his face is so gross, because they basically oh, gave yeah. him this huge, disgusting, downturned mouth. And he's eating oysters. It's so <laughs> fucking gross. But it's amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. They the, the cast is so full of all of these like legendary actors. Yeah, Michael J. Legends. Pollard is in it too, mm-hmm. who was with Warren Beatty and uh Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. Michael J. Pollard lived in our neighborhood and he was oh. famous for just kind of like walking down the street and just mm-hmm. being kind of like a hippie dude. And uh, 
people probably mostly know him from Scrooge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kathy Bates is the court reporter. Or, well, she's the, not the court reporter. She's in the room when they're interviewing Oh, Mumbles. I didn't even recognize her. She's in the corner of the room when they're interviewing Mumbles. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to type out what he's saying and she has no idea. So she's just like, I don't know what to say. Loosely bringing this back to Star Wars, Ian Wolf, who plays the Forger, this was his last role. He Aww. was also in THX 1138. Glenn Headley plays Tess Trueheart, which is um, Dick Tracy's love interest in the movie, um, his girlfriend. And she's so great in this. She's adorable and sweet, and she just crushes it. She makes herself so likable, so charming. And then um, Charlie Corsmo from Can't Hardly Wait, the nerd. Yeah, I was so surprised. Is the kid. Right. So now that we've... (laughs) told you the entire cast of the movie we did maybe a third of the cast Mm -hmm. and those are just the people who i knew off the top of my head like i'm sure people that know way more about film than i do Mm -hmm. are probably yelling right now and by that i mean johnny mockney is yelling at his also madonna is in it oh yeah breathless mahoney yeah yeah yeah, it's just such a phenomenal cast so i mean essentially the plot of the movie is big boy caprice decides i am gonna just run this town so i'm gonna get all the mobsters together and we're gonna do our hustle thing we're gonna be racketeers we're gonna essentially he's trying to do a larger organization of racketeering if anybody doesn't want to be part of that then he blows them up and it's dick tracy's job to bring him down and um additionally there seems to be another person who kind of wants to take over the town who is a faceless person. No face, I think is what they call mm-hmm. him. Big boy Caprice takes over the club Ritz or whatever it is, or Breathless is the singer. And she's trying to get into Dick Tracy's pants the whole time, but he's trying to settle down with Tess. And in the meantime, they find this homeless kid and he kind of takes him under his wing because he's super obsessed with Dick Tracy. And they end up... Uh, kind of framing dick tracy for the murder of the da but you know in the end he gets his man and they end up finding that the no face person is actually breathless mahoney in disguise trying to take over the town but she she couldn't do it because she just couldn't kill dick tracy this is one of those unlike Waterworld, where a longer cut exists mm-hmm. warren Beatty cut a two hour 15 minute long version of this movie oh really i'd be into seeing that I would, too. That means he cut a a half hour out for the theatrical release. Yeah. And here's the thing about, and I remember thinking this even as a young kid, like the colors are very bright. It's incredibly stylized. But one of the things that I didn't notice until now is how much it looks like a comic book. Yeah. Especially in the wider shots. And this is pre-Sin City. This is pre-Sin City. So there's like shots where... Dick Tracy's like looking over the city, but you're like trying to zone in on one specific part. But they sew it in in a way that, yes, you can tell everything around it is fake, but it looks like they just set people into this fake set and they just slowly push in on it. It's so well done. They do a lot of rack focus, which is pretty cool. And it's a difficult thing to set up, but they do it very nicely. So they'll do things where, you know, they have like... 
maybe Dick Tracy's watch in the foreground. But then you can see the kid jumping out the window behind, you know, and it's all in perfect focus. So and I like that they do it that way because that's how it would be if you were looking at it in a comic strip. Mm hmm. So much of how this is shot feels so perfectly deliberate and so perfectly stylized. I mean, like, I loved it as a kid. I appreciate it as an adult. I I was pretty blown away by it. I had a feeling you were going to like it more because I realized that, like, okay, it's like a comic strip movie. Like, it's Warren Beatty. They even got Stephen Sondheim to write original songs for Mm -hmm. it. Danny Elfman was actually hired to compose the film score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but he did say that it uh, Warren Beatty is insane, <laughs> right? The things that everyone did with their character, like the thing that um, I love that El Pacino did with Big Boy Caprice, is he never stops talking. Oh, I know. Like he has a running dialogue of all of his inner monologue like his inner monologue is on the outside at all times. Because there's a point in the movie where the no face has kidnapped Tess, but has hidden her in the attic of cl- the the club that uh, Big Boy Caprice is running. He doesn't know she's there. He finds her. He's like, shit, we got to get her out of here or else Dick's going to kill me. So he's trying to get her out of the club and it's just the two of them. And he's he doesn't stop talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when he goes and he drags her through a hidden door in the wine room and he's like, oh, this is awkward. Oh, this is so awkward. Oh my god, just shut up. Just no, just no, just do just do what I got it. Okay. Just just know that I didn't want to do this, but but I'm I'm doing it now. <laughs> it's just it is so funny. The way that he plays him is so <laughs> wonderful. Like they the casting in this movie is so perfect. I would love to see what the script for this looks like and see how much Pacino just kind of improvised. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great actor, but it is such a ongoing yeah, like, like stream just, of consciousness. Exactly. Corsmo and Hoffman also reunited in Hook. Yes, they did. That's yeah. true. Glenn Headley, who plays Tess Trueheart, she wasn't cast originally. Um, Sean Young from Blade Runner. Oh, Blade. yeah, yeah. And she It's said, another Sean Young uh, crazy- uh, Crazy shit. She said that she was fired after a few days of filming because she wouldn't sleep with him. But Deborah Ruff, who is um, Charlie Corsmo's mom, was like, that's not what happened. She just got super demanding and turned into a diva. And Warren Beatty was like, no, we're not. It's not going to do. We're not going to do this. This was his dream to make this movie. He wasn't going to deal with her shit. And then they ended up uh, casting Glenn Headley, which honestly was perfect. She's so sweet and so charming. And she's beautiful in this very classic way, like her red hair and her red lips. And, you know, she's kind of got this soft, sweet voice. She's such a perfect companion for for Dick Tracy. Yeah. She's so good in this. She's so fucking good in this. Yeah, she has like a kind of a smaller role, but she's stunning. Like there's a so there's a scene where um, because Breathless Mahoney is trying to get some of that Dick Tracy D. Mm-hmm. And she shows up at his apartment while Tess is out with the kid getting like ice cream and like grabbing a couple of groceries. So she's like, Dick, can't we just be together? And is like, you know, trying to like hook up with him. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't think so. I, But he's not like pushing her away and telling her to get out because he wants her to testify. 
But he's also just kind of like stunned, I think, by how much she's throwing herself at him. So Tess and the kid are coming up to the apartment and she's being like cute and charming. And, you know, she's like, come here, kid, hold this for a second. And she like throws some garbage into the garbage can, like makes the basket. And she's like, you know, just plays it off like it's everything. And she goes to grab the groceries back. She's like, gimme and just keeps walking. But Breathless try is trying to kiss Warren Beatty when she walks up to the door and she sees it, walks out immediately, and then you hear the kid coming up. So they're like, ooh. And so she has to come in and deal with what she just saw, but play it cool. And the fact that she's like, hi, yes, I know who you are. Hey, everything's fine. And then she just steps into the kitchen. She's like, okay, I'm going to go put these away. And then she just like puts her head down because she just has to cry for a second. It is such a lovely, like, I mean, it's not lovely, it's heartbreaking, but it's so good. She's definitely the one who's carrying the emotional heft of the movie, Mm -hmm. pretty much single-handedly. Yes, yeah. Because it's a lot of boys playing cops and robbers. Oh, yeah. If you like gangster movies, but you've always felt like this one wasn't for you because it was a kid's movie, I highly recommend this one. I think this is a damn fine gangster movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a a shoot-em-up. Big time. There, I mean, like I said, there's no blood. So if you want to watch it with the kids in the room, it's probably fine. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of guns. Madonna's so. titties are do. in it. And you know, I thought about that and I realized that in the VHS version I saw, I don't think the clarity was enough that I could see it. Oh. Because I was like, I didn't know I could see her boobies. Like, I thought. Oh, maybe like, it's like a high def thing. Yeah. I okay. feel like it was a thing where I was like, because she has a, like a sheer kind of black robe on in one of the scenes. And, like, when she first steps out, it's from the side, and you can kind of see, like, her side boob. And I feel like that's all I could see in the movie. But I was like, oh, they probably have something over her, so you can't see her boobies. But in high def, you can see Madonna's boobies. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think it would have been PG if you could see her boobies. Well, on the big screen, you would have been able to. I didn't see it. I saw this in the theater, and I don't remember. Then you just don't remember them. Might not have. I don't know. Speaking of Madonna... Would you be surprised if Madonna ended up dating Pete Davison? No. I feel like if I heard that, I'd go, oh, yeah, all right. I could see that. No, I don't think I would be. Su- I honestly wouldn't be surprised about anybody dating Pete Davison at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's just kind of like, I have had a shit life. Like, his childhood fucking sucked. His dad died in 9-11. He had no friends. <laughs> and... Shit's working out for him right now, so more power to him. Did you know that uh, Pete Davison briefly dated the Taco Bell dog? No, he didn't. I know. You fucking weirdo. I just wanted to prove that you could be surprised. So if the titles of the episodes were not just the title of the movie, this episode (laughs) would be called Big Dick Energy. Big Dick Energy. (laughs) We could just call it Dick Tracy, Big Dick Energy. Well... So, well, I'm really glad that you liked this movie. Yeah. What, what were some of, like, your favorite scenes? Like, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. I just liked the acting so much, mm-hmm. and I was delighted in seeing all of the character actors and just kind of getting yeah, giddy love each and actors. every time. <laughs> yeah. Prune Face, by the way, is modeled after Ronald Reagan. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, this was definitely in the era of... Ronald Reagan disses. Yeah. Yeah. 
they wanted him to play the part and he was like uh no can do <laughs> i don't think that's true they did ask him did they really oh yeah yeah and he was like i'm good he's like yeah i don't think so that's funny yeah yeah i i really enjoyed this a lot i uh I love looking at it. I I loved the acting. Mm-hmm. You know, the story is pretty predictable. Yeah. Like, you, I mean, you know that. Breathless Mahoney yeah, has no I, face. I, it and... doesn't help at all that the voice that they have is pretty much identical to the voice that they use to disguise Princess Leia when she's Bosch the bounty hunter. Yeah. It's just like a, you know, like they just kind of like garble it a little bit. Yeah. Like there's the one scene where Dick Tracy's like, I, I, I can't see. And Madonna goes, it's hibernation sickness. Your sight will come back soon. Yeah. Who, 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 who are you? Who are you? Someone who loves you. Leia? I mean, Madonna? I mean, what? As far as passion projects go, I love seeing something come together in a nice way. Because it is really heartbreaking for something to flop. And Yeah, this is Warren Beatty's highest grossing movie. Which I'm really surprised that there wasn't a sequel to this. Like He packed in so many of the villains just in case there wasn't a sequel. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I'm really surprised that there wasn't one. Part of me thinks that maybe he didn't want to do a sequel because he's like, lightning doesn't strike twice. Yeah, and, maybe. And maybe he just was like, I don't... I don't think he's ever done a sequel. Maybe no, he just he doesn't hasn't. believe in him. I don't know. It could be that. You know, it could be a thing where he's like, I don't know what I could do differently. And it would just be... I think maybe he just didn't want to recycle the same trope because it would mm. just kind of be the same thing. Yeah. Um, And I think... You know, I think he was just really happy with what happened, and he was like, "You know what?" Well, I believe in the comic that Dick Tracy and Tess get married and adopt the kid. Yes. So, I mean, th- there's definitely there's decades worth of story to pull yes, from. Yes, yes. But you know, I think maybe he just wasn't interested. Yeah, maybe. You know, and that's fine. I actually kind of respect that that he didn't want to. I do too. Drive it into the ground with sequels. I mean, like, how many fucking Marvel movies do we have to see? Yeah. Well. Thank you so much for making me watch this. I am so glad that you liked it. Join us on the Facebook group and let us know if you saw Dick Tracy and what you thought of it. Also, start following us on Instagram. Allison is now running an Instagram for You Made Me Watch, where she posts images as a teaser of what movie we're going to talk about next yeah yeah and then we you know throw in some slides of stills from the movie and yeah your twitter game's really good it's instagram yeah that's what i meant instagram (laughs) what's the social medias social medias yeah um give us a follow on instagram it's at you made me watch and uh you know give us a follow and i you know comment i would love to hear people's guesses on the movies each week i try to pick a fairly innocuous image so that it might be hard to figure out what it is <laughs> yeah um but usually at least one person guesses it which is pretty cool because um i did the one from freddie of uh what's his face dance having that like dancing scene in his bedroom oh yeah from nightmare on elm street nightmare too. on elm street the image i chose for frankenhooker was a little hot dog frank on a fishing hook yes <laughs> So you're better at the Instagram game than I am. It's okay. I thought it was fun still. Yeah. I mean, it was very it was very literal. 
Yes. Because it was a Frank on a hook. But the point is, we are on social media now. We are. As well as uh, Joy Road Media is on social media as well, too. So follow the whole network and you can find out about all the great shows that we have and more are coming your way yeah it's very it's very exciting we're very excited to share all the shows share our network and um we're we're excited that we're doing this and that people seem to like it hey uh mine and angie's network your talent lady wow hurtful i love you i love you too all right until next week bye bye Do 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 do.